you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 244 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, uh, things have not changed. The A's played the exact same game again, but there uh, there was some more things that got me excited. So I'm going to go through the game. Uh, what may happen on Tuesday, what we're hoping for at the very least. Uh, you got Kershaw on the mound, so no small task, but the A's bats came alive a little bit in the eighth inning. Is that going to play? Let's find out. We're going to talk about all that stuff today, and then uh, also we're going over the Astros and Angels game at the very end because it was thrilling. One and two, uh, the Astros are the next team that the A's will face. So uh, that's what we do here. We The third segment is generally reserved for the next team that the A's will be facing. So we have a little bit more insight on that team. This time around, it just happens to be the Astros. So, uh, you know, we, we know plenty about them, but the reason we're doing it, especially today, is because they lost that game. Spoiler alert, they lost. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of excitement in my voice when I talk about it. So uh, stick around for that. Also, before I get started, today's episode is brought to you guys by Rock Auto. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into Monday's game. If you... If you've seen one, you've seen them all at this point. But this time, the opponent had a different color jersey on. So that was a nice difference. That was a change of pace. We got to see the defending World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers, come into town and uh, also beat the living crap out of the Oakland A's. So it uh, wasn't fun. The A's lost 10-3. to Frankie Montas did not give them a lot of length. He went two and two-thirds innings pitched. He gave up seven hits, seven runs, walked three and struck out four. Not a great showing. One good thing that came from Frankie Montas other than nothing was uh, he did get some whiffs. He did get some whiffs. He had 11 swinging strikes, which is nice. That's good, I think. Um, Four of the eight splitters that got swung at were swung and missed on. And so a 50% swinging strike rate on any pitch is pretty good. That splitter, if he can corral it just a little bit and not spike it all the time and throw wild pitches and all that stuff, it's a devastating pitch. And it that's the difference between him being elite and him being uh, two and two thirds, seven inning or seven runs uh, scored Frankie Montas. It's that difference. It's, it's small and you never know which one you're going to get. Hopefully we see more of the elite non-spiked splitters, uh, you know, still swinging and missing, just not spiking these splitters, uh, Frankie Montas moving forward, because that would be a big boost to what has been a not great starting rotation so far. Chris Bassett is getting the start for the A's on Tuesday against Clayton Kershaw, so that should be a good pitcher's matchup, perhaps. We'll see. Uh, Chris Bassett actually looked good in his outing. I think he went five and a third, gave up 
it, what ended up being three runs, but two of those came uh, once they went to the bullpen. So uh, hopefully we see good Chris Bassett. And you see this every now and then where once the rotation turns over after, you know, a crappy week, uh, they get to that ace guy once again, or, you know, the, the best pitcher that the A's have right now, which is Chris Bassett. And uh, then all the thing, all of a sudden things start turning around. And so it might just be, they needed to go, you know, all, all five guys had to get, you know, their crappy start out of the way. And now maybe they can, you know, at least keep the A's in the game a little bit, give some length, give the bullpen some time off. So uh, we will see. Uh, one thing that I do got to mention though, is that AJ Puck was called up and he pitched in this game on Monday. He was fantastic. Uh, the bad news is he got called up because uh, Chad Pender is on the IL and that's not great. It doesn't seem like he's going to be there for a super long time, but uh, it, it did happen. And he had been uh, the bright spot so far for the A's. He made three fantastic defensive plays. He was three for 10 at the plate. He had the A's only home run before uh, Mark Canna's shot tonight. So, uh, yeah, it, that, that sucks. They keep getting gut punches. Sean Murphy, he came back and that was great. So we got to see Sean Murphy again. Uh, didn't end up mattering. I thought that he was going to, you know, be the jolt that the A's needed. And it, it did not work out that way, but, uh, he's going to be that jolt at some point. You, you hear me, <laughs> but, and then, uh, hopefully Ramon Laureano is returning to action on Tuesday. Uh, again, it's uh, see how he feels that day. So, um, but AJ Puck did pitch in this game. He pitched really well out of the bullpen. He went three and a third innings, gave up one hit, gave up zero runs, which, uh, it's not the first time that they haven't allowed a run for three straight innings, but it sure felt like it. So that was just a nice reprieve from all of the runs that have been scored against the A's uh, over the course of the weekend, the first five games in total. Uh, he also walked three and struck out four. He looked really good. And I was jokingly tweeting out that now he looks like the front runner for the AL Cy Young. And once he struck out Corey Seager twice, because Corey Seager was eight for 12 entering this game and also had a big hit early in the game. Um, yeah, I, I said that he's now in contention for the AL MVP because AJ Puck has, uh, he was just a nice breath of fresh air for Monday's game. It, it gave me something to be happy about. So that was great. Except for Kai Tom, who, uh, you know, got a, not quite a one, two, three inning on Sunday, but close. Also Kai Tom, congrats to him. He got his first big league hit and big league RBI in the game on Monday night. So great job. He got off a of David Price, tough lefty. Uh, usually you would think, Hey, maybe that will lead to more at bats against left-handed pitches, pitchers, but, uh, Bob Melvin on Monday said that Stephen Biscotti is going to be facing almost like a platoon kind of thing where he's going to be facing more left-handed starters. And so he's going to be getting the start on Tuesday with Clayton Kershaw on the bump. That'll be interesting. Also, uh, Stephen Biscotti, he got his first hit of the season. He's now one for nine, and that's nice, I guess. Also, I think that I, I had talked about this during the offseason. Playing Stephen Biscotti against solely lefties is the way to go because he crushes lefties and he has been roughly 20% below league average against right-handed pitchers. So you'll want to have men against the lefties. I think that even though it's Clayton Kershaw, throw him out there. I mean, stick to your guns, do that. And uh, otherwise, who are you going to play him against? Because a lot of lefties, fun fact, are tough lefties. That's that's a term, is a tough lefty uh, or a crafty lefty, one of the two. Uh, last note on AJ Puck, though, was he hit as high as 95.6 on the radar gun, which is up from spring training. So that's a plus, but it's still down from where he had been at in the majors previously. So that's not great, but, you know, it, it's a nice sign or a nice movement in, in the right direction. So 
Hopefully we see a little bit more from AJ Puck uh, velocity-wise and just more of him on the mound because that's what I want to see. After the game, uh, Martin Gallegos is reporting that Bob Melvin told him and you know everybody else that uh, AJ Puck is going to be sticking in the bullpen, so they're not going to be flip-flopping uh, Frankie Montas and AJ Puck at all. It'll be Puck in the bullpen, which, you know, sure, let's have all of the lefties, I guess. That sounds like a great idea. Sticking with the bullpen and specifically Trevor Rosenthal, the radio broadcast was saying that Trevor Rosenthal is going to be seeing a doctor tomorrow, so that's not great. Um, It is not sounding like his IL stint is going to be a short one, which is not great news because he was the guy that we all got excited about and started feeling like the A's might actually have a chance this year. So if he's going to miss an extended period of time, then uh, not great news, guys. Um, sticking with the bullpen, uh, let's go to Ramin Goudouan. Uh, I know that people have been furious at him and whatnot. And, um, I said on yesterday's podcast, he's there because they, the A's are out of this game and they're trying to conserve the rest of their bullpen arms. And, uh, usually, you know, fully stand by, behind that in that moment. Yes. But after the A's put up three runs in the eighth inning, Ramin Goudouan was, on the bump in the ninth. And I know that it was still, you know, like nine to three. It was not a close game whatsoever. But after the A's put together their best offensive inning in of the season so far, you want to let that grow a little bit. You don't want to just throw out Ramin Goudouin. No offense to Ramin Goudouin. He seems like a nice guy. But you don't want to just throw him out there. You want to have a shutdown right there and build on that confidence. That's what you want to do in that one inning. Usually I say throw him out there. It's fine. No big deal. The The... It's the long game that you're playing, not this specific game because you're already down by six. What are the chances? Uh, pretty low at that point. And he ended up giving up a run. Uh, I'm not mad about that. I'm just saying. And then he got hurt, you know, uh, uh, covering first base. And then they had to bring in J.B. Wendelkin, which, again, that's another really weird move by Bob Melvin uh, that I don't necessarily agree with because J.B. Wendelkin should be a late-inning late guy. He should be arguably the closer because Jig Deakman can get a little uh, walkie-walkie, if you will. And uh, he he's pitched one game. J.B. Wendelkin has now pitched in four of five. Why isn't when, uh, Jake Deakman getting in, into more games? I don't understand that. He's going to be rusty when you actually need him. And if he doesn't pitch on Tuesday, I'm going to be very, very confused because Jake Deakman needs to pitch a little bit more often, you would think. I know that I said yesterday, you don't want to waste his bullets, but... You also got to make sure that his bullets count when he's shooting them. So you got to get him into a game at some point soon, especially for for one out. Why warm up J.B. Wendelkin right there? Just let him have the day off at that point. Let him get rest because now he's not available tomorrow, you would think, because uh, he had used them today for no reason whatsoever. So I don't understand that. Maybe I should start a hashtag off day for JB or something like that, but I don't want it to be taken as me, you know, Jason Burke. I want it to be a JB Wendelkin. So maybe JBW, JB dub. Ooh, off day for JB dub. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Get that thing trending on Twitter. Um, I got a little bit more coming up from this game and also some other little takeaways and why I'm a little bit optimistic heading into Tuesday. So stay locked in with locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, follow us wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to touch on a couple of, you know, sour notes real quick and then give you some reasons why I'm a little bit optimistic heading into Tuesday's game. I know that it is perennial Cy Young contender uh, Clayton Kershaw going for the Dodgers, but uh, you got to keep the hope alive. There's no award for giving up on the A's first. Uh, so I like to keep the faith as long as I can. If they're like 16 and 47 in like June, then maybe I'll turn my back on this team, but I'll still be looking for the bright spots because they will be rebuilding at that point. And that'd also be a little bit of fun for me. I'm like, Hey, you know who looked really good with that one at bat? Uh, Seth Brown. I don't know. Random name, Seth Brown. (laughs) So either way, I'm going to be optimistic about whatever the hell is happening on the field, even if it looks like hot trash. So hopefully that's something that, uh, you know, sounds fun to use because that's how I am and that's what we're going to do. So anyways, uh, let's get into the bad stuff. (laughs) In three of the five games, the A's have scored in one inning, just one inning in total. Uh, They have not scored in multiple innings, in three of five games. That is terrible. That is not great at all. And that is why people are furious right now and saying that this team sucks. Because uh, arguably, they do. They do kind of suck. Uh, I'm still hopeful, but you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, but there is one thing that I think is worse than not scoring in a bunch of runs, and that is when you do score, you have to keep the other team off the board like immediately thereafter. And uh, so far, the A's, when they do score in the next inning, here are some, uh, here's what's happened. In the first game on uh, Thursday, they scored one, Astros scored two. In the second game on Friday, they scored two, Astros scored nothing. They scored another two, Astros scored nothing. And then they scored one, Astros scored three. So that was a good game. (laughs) By comparison, that was an okay outing for the A's. Uh, Game three, they scored one, they gave up one. They had already given up a whole bunch of other runs, so that one sucked. Uh, In game four, they scored one, they gave up two. They scored one, they gave up four. You gotta stop doing this, guys. And then in uh, yesterday's game against the Dodgers, they scored three, which was great, and then they gave up one. Um, So they have had two shutdown innings all season. That's not gonna get the job done. Even if you're scoring three and giving up one, if that's the only time that you're scoring the entire game, that's not a recipe for success at all. You got to keep these guys off the board. Uh, The pitching has not looked great at all. Uh, Their ERA is roughly around nine overall for the entire staff. Uh, I know that it's five games, but still, that's an entire turn through the rotation for a nine ERA. 
Um, so we'll see how that goes. But moving on to things that I was happy about. Uh, one, Kai Tom got his first big league hit. That is amazing. Congratulations to him. Anytime that happens, I'm excited for them. Even Chaz McCormick, he had a three-run homer, and I begrudgingly congratulated him because he was not part of the cheating. He's on a crappy team that I don't like, but I, I like when people succeed for the first time in the big league. So good job on him. I mean, better job to Kai Tom, obviously, because his RBI single game changer right there. But, <laughs> but you know, that was good. Also, Steven Biscotti getting his first hit, getting that one out of the way before facing somebody like uh, Clayton Kershaw. Maybe that is a confidence boost. And I think that the, the way that the A's went about and they didn't look good scoring three runs, but they did. You know, Mark Canna finally got his damn home run that he he hit twice uh, on on Sunday, but he just kept hitting the jagged wall. So he finally, the third time, got his home run. So uh, good for him. He went two for five on the on the day. He's hitting three fourteen, I believe. So he's looking really good right now. He just needs some other people to come join the party with him because he's having a great time right now. And uh, you know, Matt Olson's looked okay. Um, we'll see how he looks against Clayton Kershaw, a tough lefty with a nice hook. So uh, it might be up to you know your. Sean Murphy and your Matt Chapman to come up. And, and I feel bad putting this much pressure on Sean Murphy because he's been hurt because he got hit in the wrist. And uh, I, I don't expect him to be great immediately, but they need him to be right now. And that sucks because Matt Chapman is hitting like 111 and he got a single in uh, Monday's game, but it was more like a two shot off the end of the bat that kind of got past the pitcher and then in the no man's land. So it scored a run and he got to first base. It wasn't like a crisp single or anything. So I don't know that that would necessarily build a lot of confidence in Matt Chapman that he got on base somehow. Uh, maybe it does. Maybe it will. I don't know. But um, the defense has not looked good. And that needs to that once that gets turned around, I think that things might start getting a little bit better because then the pitchers don't have to throw so many damn pitches because the defense behind them is as good as it should be. But offensively, I liked Kai Tom and his first big league hit. I don't think he's going to be playing on Tuesday, but maybe he gets an at bat somewhere in there. That'd be great. And then you got Stephen Biscotti. He got his first big league hit. Mark Canna's firing okay. They scored three runs. They put together a little bit of a rally. They put up their biggest crooked number of the season. Maybe that's a confidence boost heading into the se- into uh, Tuesday's game. That's something that if I'm on a team that's been struggling, we've got a terrible run differential. We're 0-5 right now, and we had high expectations. You're looking at the littlest things to get you get you up for the next day. And I think that that could be something that could get them ready to face the next day. Yeah. Chris Bassett on the mound. He's going to keep you in it. All it's going to take is, you know, maybe one or two big hits potentially. And I think that that's how you get ready for facing Clayton Kershaw in game number six, looking for your first win and your first lead of the season, which is just not great. But those are just a few of the reasons why I'm a little bit more optimistic going into Tuesday's game. I know that the A's beat up Clayton Kershaw in his last spring start, but spring starts for guys like Clayton Kershaw do not matter at all. He is great, uh, usually, I think, still. And his last start was in Colorado. Do you take that at all? I, I didn't know how to judge these Dodgers coming into Oakland because they had just you know been okay in Colorado. And Colorado, funky things happen, and they didn't. So were they not playing well, or was it just, you know, a few bad games? I'd... Colorado messes with how people judge everything, and the Dodgers are still apparently very good after Monday's game. So uh, take them seriously. One other little thing that I'm a little bit excited, not excited about, but um, it, I'm, it, it raised my eyebrows, and I'm like, ooh, how, how's about that kind of a way? Uh, Elvis Andrews, I know he has not been great. He had the the best defensive play of the week, which 
He's also had some bad ones too. So that was nice of MLB Network to give him that. But he did have a ground ball. It was an out, but he hit it hard. So that was good. It came 100.2 miles per hour off the bat. And that's not necessarily something that he does is hit the crap out of the ball very often. So maybe he's... Maybe, maybe, maybe is all. Maybe there's something there is all I'm saying. And there's not a lot of bright spots. I'm I'm pulling teeth here. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for right now is, you know, maybe there's a couple of guys that take something like that and turn it into something bigger. And so I'm looking for those little seeds that could blossom. And hopefully one of the seeds that I've mentioned here turns into something before uh, the Dodgers leave town and the A's can get a win or a lead or look like a baseball team or something. It'd be great. Just something nice on my TV for, you know, the four and a half hours that they're going to be playing would be nice. I would appreciate that very, very much. So uh, coming up, I'm going to be talking about the Astros and Angels game because that was a lot more fun than the one that we watched. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. College basketball just wrapped up. If you bet on Baylor, you probably won pretty big. Also, the NHL is in full swing. So is the NBA. Baseball, they're taking hacks. But if sports aren't your thing, then they also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On, And you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And that's why everybody's saying that online are your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, and that is Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It is a daily podcast based on fantasy baseball. Uh, if that name didn't give it away, then I sure did. There you go. And it is hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who does a great job. He is beating me only slightly in our fantasy baseball league right now. I have made a huge comeback, but he does a great job. He knows what he's doing. He's got some injuries to deal with. I'm, I'm operating at full strength, so uh, that's why... I am in the same league as Scott Cullen. Also, we work at the same network. That's why we're literally in the same league. But uh, knowledge-wise of fantasy baseball, I am not. So I just picked some players that I liked, and that's how it rolled. But uh, he uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. He knows what he's doing. I am scared of this guy long term. I might be able to take him this week. We'll see. I might get lucky. But uh, if you don't want to be lucky and you want to bet on decades of experience, all you got to do is follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and maybe not the A's season, uh, but you, you don't want to watch the games, but you want to know what's going on, follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you do, please. Those are always very much appreciated. Love hearing kind words. Uh, only kind words, please. That's five stars. Um, you can follow me on social media at ByJasonB on Twitter or in the Locker Room app. You can follow the show at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email us any questions to Locked On Athletic at gmail.com. So let's get into this Astros. Actually, before I get into this Astros game, Fernando Tatis Jr. left the game. He swung and uh, he went down in a heap and that is never good. Non-contact injuries never result in good things. From my years of playing fantasy football, if somebody was running and then fell, he's out for the year. 
Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily what's going on with Fernando Tatis Jr., but maybe he's had something lingering because he's been making a bunch of errors. I think he made five errors in four games or something like that. Maybe there's something that's lingering, you know, a lot like Matt Chapman last year where something happened. Um, so hopefully it's not a big deal because he is the face of baseball. I love watching him play. And so hopefully he's okay. Um, I'm positive that the San Diego Padres will be hanging one of his jerseys in their dugout before Tuesday's game. Just taking a page out of the White Sox playbook on that one. But uh, let's get into the Angels and Astros game, but then we'll get you out of here and on with your day. So the Angels beat Houston 76 in a very thrilling game. I caught the last little bit. Uh, cards on the table. I didn't watch the bottom of the ninth for the A's. They were down 10 to three and Shohei Otani was coming up to bat. And I was like, I up as a pinch hitter. I'm like, yes, I want to watch this game right now. I very much enjoy Shohei Otani. So Houston jumped on Jose Quintana, new addition to the Angels rotation, Jose Quintana. He went three and a third innings pitch, gave up five hits, four earned, walked three, struck out five, wasn't great. And uh, Houston was up on the Angels four to nothing before Trout led off the bottom of the fourth with a solo shot. And then Jose Iglesias got an RBI single a little bit later in the frame. So the Astros would make it five to two where it would stand until the bottom of the eighth when I tuned in. And this is how things went. Uh, Albert Pujols still playing. Yeah, he singled to lead off the inning. Jose Iglesias followed that up with, with a single. And then I tuned in for this specific part, and that is uh, Shohei Otani pinch hitting. And he got hit by a pitch by Joe Smith. Remember last year when all the Astros fans were like, oh, that's why you guys keep getting hit is because we got all these, you know, rookies that are coming up from A-ball. They don't know how to throw. Joe Smith, MLB veteran, has now hit at least two players that I can think of in his season so far, in like three outings. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely just the rookies that do that, and it's not a, you know, a thing that you guys do. Anyways, moving on. Let's get back to not being sour. <laughs> uh, Dustin Fowler, another new addition for the Angels. He had an RBI single. David Fletcher followed that one up with an RBI ground out. Jared Walsh, who had a big home run in Sunday's game, he grounded out to first, or grounded to first, not out, sorry, <laughs> I misspoke. And then Yuli Gurriel went to home with the throw, but the throw got away from Martin Maldonado, the catcher, and he did not go after the ball whatsoever, even though there was runners on first and second at that point. And uh, so Otani scored on that play, and then... Alex Bregman had to leave third base to go get the ball, which was in between third and catcher. And because he did that, because Martin Maldonado wasn't going after the ball, then the runners got to advance to second and third, which set up an Anthony Rendon sack fly to make it seven to five by the time the Angels were retired. And then wouldn't you know, uh, that run came into play because Kyle Tucker hit a solo home run in the bottom or in the top of the ninth, and that made it seven to six. But because Martin Maldonado allowed the the runners to advance, uh, they, they lost the game. So that was fun. And I know that the A's had a very similar moment at second base uh, that led to the runner getting to third base because nobody was covering third. But um, I didn't want to bring that up because we've been through enough these first five games, so I didn't want to just add to it. Um, but yeah, that also happened for the A's, but uh, it, it didn't impact the game whatsoever. So, oh, well. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. I do want to let you know if you've made it this far, you deserve to know. Uh, I talked to Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. She does a lot of prospect stuff. So we talked about uh, A's prospects 
on Friday. We didn't go into specifics for the season because uh, only one baseball game had been played. And if we were like, hey, yeah, the A's are really good, we'd look really silly right now, wouldn't we? So I stayed away from those questions and went for minor league questions. And uh, I'm looking like a genius right now. So uh, I'm going to edit that up. And then on Thursday and Friday, I'll post uh, part one and part two of that in addition to, you know, game recaps and all that stuff. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Um, If you like hearing the word podcast, I say it a lot because I have a podcast. Uh, Also follow me on social media at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. You can also follow the show at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So until tomorrow when we're talking either about the A's first win of the season or another defeating loss, uh, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow.